Welcome to The Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture. Brought to you by Dallas Theological Seminary. Well, let's come back to... to yeah. uh, but you asked me about heaven is for real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my take on it was uh, it, it surprised me. It touched me in ways that I did not expect. I think I kind of... Uh, went into it wanting to think about it and kind of critically analyze it, not critical necessarily being mm-hmm. negative, but just an- analyzing it and understanding it. And it really connected to a deep part of me that believes in heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to mm-hmm. say it any, mm-hmm. any differently than that, and I'm not sure I can explain it either. Uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's belief, it's mystery, um, and the film was able to connect that for me. Now, I looked on Rotten Tomatoes at the reviews, <laughs> uh-huh. and they're about 50-50, mm-hmm. people who said this was good enough mm-hmm. to go and see, and people mm-hmm. that said this is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And I suspect, I don't know this for sure at all, but I, I'm, I kind of wonder if if you've had that sort of deep feeling about heaven before, mm-hmm. or of, of a, a hope that's really deep in God and such, if if it just kind of taps into that. I know mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to work for everybody, mm-hmm. but um, for me it did. It mm-hmm. tapped into that in ways that I, I didn't expect. Now, this film was hard for me in the sense of thinking about what to do with it in this podcast because I knew I was going in part <laughs> to watch. And, and I walked out and the ambivalence that you're describing is very much what, what happened to me. I watched it and I said, you know, there are theologically things in here that I don't think I would embrace. Right. But the thing that 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 I was having trouble putting together, and yet the overall thrust of where the movie was taking the the person watching it, and and I don't know what other word to use other than the sweetness of the movie, the sweetness <laughs> yeah. of the family life, that boy's face. That's <laughs> right, the sweetness of that of that yeah. four year old, and the sweetness of the family life, mm-hmm. the way in which fa- family was portrayed in that movie, to me was so mm-hmm. simple and powerfully done simultaneously that I'm sitting here going. That that was a that was an element that that to me in some ways trumped uh, mm-hmm. elements mm-hmm. of the theology of what was going on in the movie, because at the core, what the movie was trying to say, there is something more to life that yeah. makes life sense, and this is an experience that's designed to reinforce that. That point, regardless of how I view the details, was very much something that I identified with, and so this this conflict. Um, I hate getting so clinical about analyzing <laughs> movies, but this conflict that, that I felt, I walked out and I said, "This this film, this film left me in a in a I say it this way in a neutral place that really wasn't neutral in a way that most films don't." And and I do not understand what you mean by that. <laughs> well, the point was is that the conflict between between saying, "All right, ha- this wasn't a theologically satisfying uh, right. film in oh, terms yeah. of the way it delivered right. the theology, but it was a very th- satisfying film in the way it delivered life." Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and so in that standpoint, I'm sitting here going, you know, I can. I can. I think I can live with the bracketing off of what's mm-hmm. happening here theologically because of the way life is portrayed. And I actually think, and I'm maybe making more of this movie than it ought to be, but I actually think that that's part of what frustrates me about the portrayal of Christianity in our culture. 
And here's what I mean. Hmm. There are a lot of people who live a very simple Christian life hmm. in our culture. They aren't out to push against anybody. Yep. They just simply live out their faith as best as they know how. They may even do so in a context of some theological illiteracy, but their faithful commitment is to be yep. as faithful and as sweet a group of people as you'd ever want to imagine. You know, I used to meet them in the public schools when I was working on the PTA and that kind of thing. <laughs> and, and our country's literally loaded with these people. Yeah. I, what I would call, if I can, this is really dangerous, but in some ways the real silent majority, yeah. okay? Mm. Not the silent majority that makes noise, but the real yeah. silent majority of how people are trying to live their life. That's what I thought was portrayed very, very effectively in the film. Mm. And it's like this huge secret that most people don't know about. <laughs> and, and, and there it was, you know, on the screen. And I'm sitting here going, Yes, that's the way a lot of people seek to live. They're not trying; they're just trying to be good neighbors and, mm -hmm. and and get through life the best that they can. And I thought the film portrayed something that you don't often see portrayed at that level yeah. Um, yeah. that that Hollywood normally doesn't mess with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree, Daryl. I think there's something really compelling about that. Uh, it's not old-fashioned. Uh, it's not something that's trying to reach back to better days gone by. There's something that's just really simple and uh, watching uh, life and day-to-day uh, -day activities get lived out faithfully that's really compelling. Yeah, they're and, hacking uh, their way through life. That's right. I mean, I mean it's, 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 they're hacking their way through life. It's just a simple – Exactly. Uh, and it's beautiful. I mean, yeah. it's it's really kind of cool in that sense. And it goes everywhere from the broken leg that yep. the pastor had at the very beginning of the movie and this series of setbacks that were a mm -hmm. part of the story, and yet deep underneath this movie is another thing that's going on that's very much like the experience of the key character in Saving Mr. Banks, and that was this lost child, this miscarriage mm -hmm. that took place that was floating kind of underneath the surface and mm -hmm. pops out at the end. Mm -hmm. and. Um, that that also is making the point about how certain experiences in our life really are defining. And part of the connection that happens between the mother and the child at the end is a part of the experience of the child going to heaven is this, is this awareness this child seems to have of this lost child uh, mm -hmm. recovered yeah. in some ways, um, uh, very powerfully portrayed. I, I see this theme not just because of uh, this movie, but uh, you see it in commercials, you see it in marketing, but there's this – uh, I, I guess I would call it more of a humanistic kind of trend uh, that really values what the, uh, what children bring to our understanding of the mystery, almost kind of like there's a, a bit of an untaintedness about them. As, as we as adults live life in this world, we yeah. become a little bit more uh, um, jaded, uh, yeah, handica yeah, handicapped yeah. in a way. Yeah. And so humanism has that idea that, you know, if you could dig down deep and kind of almost reverse engineer everybody, we could get back to kind of a more innocent, honest, wise. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 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 almost kind of tired. My family's tired of hearing me. You know, every time I see like a Honda commercial, I've got like some six year old telling me I got to buy that car. And, <laughs> but but the idea is that that's the sage in the commercial. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. a, the younger one is the wiser one, and almost kind of more like the trusted messenger. Mm -hmm. And you get that sense even in this movie too that. Uh, you can you can really believe what he's saying. Mm -hmm. uh, if the same message came from somebody else, you might question it more. Mm -hmm. yeah. And again, it goes back to that uh, kind of reductionistic, more simplistic. This is the 
um, a really faithful message. So, Well, along those lines, I, one thing that I noticed between the two movies and I thought was pretty interesting is mm. maybe all will, maybe you won't. <laughs> um, in Saving Mr. Banks, you have a very uh, non-Christian film mm -hmm. that's dealing with the rough realities of this world, mm. and yet its, its push is to towards hope mm -hmm. and towards beyond, towards mm -hmm. some sort of transcendent, some mm -hmm. sort of yeah. – um, and story does that for mm -hmm. us. Story – we reimagine hope over and over and over and over again, right? That's what storytellers that. do, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Heaven is for Real kind of does the opposite. Mm -hmm. that, so Saving Mr. Banks is moving from here going that way. Heaven is for Real spends the whole movie convincing mm -hmm. you that heaven is real. Mm -hmm. And as soon – and for the mom, it's that, it's that scene where the boy – um, remembers his sister mm -hmm. that was a, mm -hmm. was a miscarriage, and she finally comes to really believe that he that he had a, a, a vision of heaven or went to mm -hmm. heaven or something. And yet, right when you start to come alongside and say, you know, without reason, uh, you know, mm -hmm. bypassing reason, all that, I believe that heaven is real. The, the scene at the end where he speaks to the whole congregation, mm -hmm. and he's been struggling with that inside of himself the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then he invites the congregation and the community to come to the church, and he speaks about whether or not heaven is for real. And what he has on his piece of paper is that it says, as earth uh, – oh, sorry, on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. And that's the emphasis of his mm – -hmm. of what, he's, what his message is, is to say – he goes on to say, you've seen – heaven in the care of a mother for her child and in all these different ways, and yet we still choose to believe and, and, and embrace a, a hell of hate and that sort of thing. And he, he, he ends up saying, I believe heaven, I believe my son, because I see elements of heaven here. Mm -hmm. But it, why that's significant for me is that both of them kind of push into the mystery of it. Mm -hmm. We tend to land on one side or the other, like the incarnation mm -hmm. or the resurrection, mm -hmm. right? And we, we tend to just want to have hope and re resurrection. Mm -hmm. And then we don't take the incarnation seriously. We don't take the dealing with the stuff here and, mm -hmm. and actually living in it very seriously. Or some take that very seriously and they don't really have the hope and the sense of the beyond. Mm -hmm. um, and b these films, in very different ways, push us into the mystery of both – the tension and mystery of both of them being real. Mm -hmm. You can't have a Jesus who simply comes and is incarnated, a God who comes and is, and is incarnated and then dies. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work for the Christian faith, right? <laughs> That's right. Nor can you have a simple human who is born who is resurrected and becomes God. Mm -hmm. You have to have both. And how those work? We don't understand, and mm -hmm. it's a mystery. Mm -hmm. And these stories, for me, pushed me into that from two different directions. Yeah, and, and actually, for me, the, the the thing that's really important here is that sometimes we present the Christian faith as if it's about, uh, if I can say it, wiping a slate clean and what will happen eventually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's this huge gap, this between place yeah. that is actually life. And sometimes we risk not pouring that content into what's happening in yep. the midst of that life. And part of what we're, we are committed to, it's why it really is the rationale for why we have the podcast, mm -hmm. is to show that that story, that place, is not only taking us somewhere that one play, that one day will be a much, much better place, but there also is 
an engagement in which God is moving and shaping us in the midst of the life experiences that we have that is relevant and that theology creeps into all kinds of corners of life. Um, it isn't just tucked away to some future time. And and that's important to realize in 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 a in a subtle way, I think saving Mr. Banks um, get you to raise those questions, mm-hmm. thinking about how life is impacted by your parental relationships and what you do out of that. And in a more direct way, right. um, Heaven is for Real confronts that and, mm-hmm. s- and tries to get people, particularly by the way the movie wraps up, to think about if Heaven is for Real, then what does that mean for us now? Right. Yeah. And uh, both are very, very important. I love that. I love that it's not just if heaven's for real, okay, where do we stand on that issue, let's right. debate it. It's like what is the what is the domino effect? What's the implication mm-hmm. then for life today, mm-hmm. uh, life this week? And, and those are sometimes uh, – that's where the real fruit, you get seen played out where theology really makes a difference. And, and why the movie worked for me, I think, is because <clears throat> it connected those two things inside of me yeah. where there is a tendency to just – Yep. Think about heaven being for real, and start talking as they deal with in the movie. You start the preacher starts talking about heaven. I've, I've preached for years and years and years about heaven. Yeah, here's the architectural design of what it's going to look <laughs> right, like. Yeah. And who's inhabiting it, etc. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it, and it doesn't. It ends up just being a hope that's beyond that yep. you talk about, and not something that affects how you live every day. And so the movie did that for me. It reconnected that. That deep feeling of hope and in uh, trust and belief in heaven, with a um, what? What does that mean for mm-hmm. my everyday kind of existence? This episode is brought to you by the Truce Podcast. I'm sure you've been there. You're at an event, a dinner, a small group, and someone says something like, "If you're a Christian, you have to vote Republican." Huh? That raises an interesting question. How did evangelicals like me get to the place where we just assumed we'd all vote one way? This season on the Truce Podcast, we're diving deep into the complexity of the 1970s and 80s to understand how evangelicals tied themselves to the Republican Party. It's a story that involves murder, corruption, redemption, and our need to be heard. I'll be talking with celebrated historians like Rick Perlstein, Pulitzer Prize winners Francis Fitzgerald and Jesse Isinger, and some of the best guests I've ever had. Truce is the show that uses journalistic tools to look inside the Christian church. We press pause on the culture wars in order to explore how we got here and how we can do better. Subscribe to Truce anywhere you get podcasts or listen at trucepodcast.com. Well, I'm going to make one last shift here in the time that we remain because we've talked a lot about the films and what they generate and how they help us view life. That's important. The dimension of the film that, in my mind, brought these two films together and why we should discuss them side by side is the whole, is the whole importance of family dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, and both films, in one way or another, really land hard on the importance of family dynamics. And so I kind of have a twofold question I want to wrap up with. One is um, thinking about the, the intact family and the impact that intact families have, because obviously you have two very different kinds of families in these movies, one in which the uh, a, a father at one level was trying to do his best for his daughter but had so much interpersonal stuff going on with himself that he was actually damaging the very thing he was trying to protect. That's saving Mr. Banks, which is an interesting um, kind of 
tension. Um, and then you have what I would call this a sweet, almost idyllic portrayal of family, even though they're going through hard things. This is a this is a mostly functional family that we're seeing uh, on film, and so so you've got those two realities. So you've got that part of the dimension. And then, of course, the other dimension that's very real in our world is, is that many people live in broken – in really broken family systems. They don't have two parents. Um, uh, and, uh, and and so they may be raised by a grandparent or something like that. And, and, and there's something filling the gap and the impact that that has on people. One of the things that I think was underneath all these films was the, was the importance of these core parts of our community in terms of forming who we are as people. And so now I'm turning to our uh, <laughs> psychologist friend here and, and wow. saying, okay, uh, in, in 50 yeah. words yeah. or less, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, how, how important is what we're seeing in yeah. these films? Yeah, it's really neat. It's, uh, it's neat to get it, uh, those issues kind of talked about. Just mm -hmm. like you would say, hey, it's good to be able to talk about some theological issues and it puts it on the table. and. Mm -hmm. I think I think the same could be said about those of us who observe and and uh, try to intervene with families and relationships. The, the Saving Mr. Banks movie is you're exactly right. The the father character is this. Uh, he's not an abusive drunk. He's an endearing drunk. Mm -hmm. uh, he's loving and he's warm and he's playful and uh, he's adventuresome and. Yeah. Uh, and he's destructive, mm -hmm. and he's careless, mm -hmm. and uh, you're right. There's something very um, interesting about him as a person. But as far as family dynamics go, he totally uh, has botched it. Mm -hmm. He uh, he's kind of you almost get the sense that the attachment between he and his daughter are uh, of more value or more importance than even his own relationship with his wife. Mm -hmm. And we see this a lot of times in families today where they kind of get that priority of relationships turned upside down. Mm -hmm. I would say even in Christian homes, mm -hmm. uh, in counseling settings, uh, you know, you see parents, one parent or the other, overly attached to a kid uh, for a lot of different reasons. Or, um, and it's not good. Mm -hmm. It's not good for the kid. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have the emotional capacity or the psychological competence to kind of play the, the, to, bear the, the to bear the weight yeah. that 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 calls for, and so, uh, but you know, kind of in our culture, we we've tried to elevate children so much that uh, you know it's not been for their good. I tell my kids, uh, we've got a 16 year old and a 13 year old that, uh, you know, I loved your mom a lot longer than I loved you guys, and. Uh, I love her more than you, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Thanks, Dad." And I'm like, <laughs> you're, you, you know, the, in the BCS top ten ranking, you're only going to be number three in my life. Uh -huh. You know, my relationship with the Lord, and, uh -huh. and then my wife, and then you guys. And mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. And they, they kind of act offended, uh -huh. but they're kind of comforted mm -hmm. that they don't have to carry mm -hmm. more than that. Um, so there's there's a certain kind of ordering or priority. It doesn't mean you don't you don't have those other relationships, but you keep them in order. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, so the big fault I could think for, you know, uh, the father figure in Saving Mr. Banks is that he, he he's kind of um, he's destructive and he doesn't even he's not even aware that he is. Yeah, that's uh, the tragedy of it. It's yeah. taken in exactly the opposite direction than what he intends. Yep. yep. I loved your statement earlier. Yeah. The very thing he wants to protect, he actually endangers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and you see this not only with the father figure, but even with the mother. You know mm -hmm. the the. Um, you know, uh, she actually gets rescued from her own, you know, uh, destructive suicide attempt by her daughter. Has mm -hmm. to be the adult, mm -hmm. and uh, it's just kids are just not. 
equipped to be able to manage that stuff, at least not well. Mm-hmm. And so when, when all the weight kind of hinges on kids, uh, you're going to get a wheel that kind of wobbles. You're going you're gonna to get a family that doesn't uh, kind of function at optimal level. Whereas the family in, uh, you know, heaven for real, mm-hmm. it's, it's like those things are kind of in place. They're mm-hmm. kind of in order. But it doesn't, you know, just because those things are in place, it doesn't somehow make them immune from pain and mm-hmm. hurt and, you know, miscarriages. But you get to watch a family where those things are in place uh, kind of survive and move through life. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a cool picture. Yeah. And, and the thing that, again, coming back to heaven is for real, I think that it's unusual to see a movie portray such sweetness mm-hmm. in the context of life because most movies are built around really intense conflict mm-hmm. in which there has to be a really um, black Evil mm-hmm. and challenge that builds around a movie in order to make it go, and they this made it movie, work without that. yeah, they did it without yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, in that sense, it was a very different kind of movie. There's um, one part of that is there's a lot of sexual tension in that movie mm-hmm. between the husband and the wife, and mm-hmm. it, yeah. it goes to speaking about that relationship being very right. important, mm-hmm. but it also goes to speak about the the earthiness mm-hmm. of of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just those connections there, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, interesting to mention. Well, let's. So obviously, uh, to me, uh, to me, the father figure in Saving Mr. Banks is a reflection of where really a lot of people often are. Yeah. That um, that they they intend well for their families, they intend well for their kids, mm-hmm. but the way in which they choose to live and the life choices they make, really with reference to themselves in some ways. Yeah almost having bracketed the kid off to the side, mm-hmm. ends up refracting back on that child in ways that if you sat down and talked to them about it, they'd go, well, I never would have wanted that to happen. Yeah. 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 And, and it really pictures what dysfunctional means mm-hmm. in many ways. Yeah, um, yeah in fact, I, I loved one of the scenes there at the end of uh, where uh, Walt Disney shows up in, in London and is, you know, uh, Engendering the trust of uh, um, you know the author, but then he he says something about forgiveness, mm-hmm. yeah. and she immediately goes, "Well, I've forgiven him," and you can see he's like, "I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm talking about forgiveness for you." Mm-hmm. And so you you get the sense that there's these parental relationships aren't just dysfunctional uh, in the moment between a parent and a child, but they're there there's this relationship that it impacts with ourselves mm-hmm. that has to be restored and. Um, it's really insightful for him. I don't know if that really happened in life, but it was a really cool piece for a psychologist to watch him say that yeah. to her, and she kind of get caught off guard a little bit, and and then reconsider how do I feel about me? Yeah. Um, well, it, it says something for the depth of the writing in the yeah. film uh, that yeah. they were able to pick this up and and portray uh-huh. it uh, so powerfully. Um, well, let's talk about the the impact on the families that are already broken. I mean, there yeah. isn't you don't even have the semblance of a family structure. Mm-hmm. You're just you're just out there. That yeah. obviously they come in all shapes and yeah. sizes, but it shows the importance of family in yeah. in the development of a person. And God's redemptive work um, may not always uh, come from within a family. And so mm-hmm. you even see with saving uh, Mr. Banks that there's these key other figures that almost become mm-hmm. kind of surrogate. The chauffeur. The chauffeur. Yeah. Yeah. Is this, Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's so wonderful about this guy is he gets treated like trash. Mm-hmm. And he just uh, he he doesn't volley back the way you would think he was. Mm-hmm. He uh, 
he's warm, he's caring, he's uh, he's gracious. Mm-hmm. He he is genuinely gracious, that, and that uh, likely has a lot to do with his uh, disabled son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a, there was uh, he didn't get thrown off his game. He didn't distance himself from. Uh, it was really amazing. So one of the things that you see when when families are in these really broken places, how creatively God brings about other people to play really significant roles emotionally and spiritually. You know, you talked about even in heaven for real, just the role of community, mm-hmm. the role of the church mm-hmm. in uh, coming alongside of families. I, I had that sense even in my own, you know, dis- dysfunctional upbringing that mm-hmm. there were key people who uh, God brought about to just play, not totally in place of a, you know, a, a father or somebody else, but 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 keep people where God was able to uh, communicate grace that I needed in different relationships where it would have been ideally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, expressed in a family because the family wasn't there. That doesn't limit God to be able to find creative ways to be able to communicate that redemptive grace to us. Yeah, and it, what it means is is that you got to keep your eye. It's important mm-hmm. to help people keep their eyes open mm-hmm. for those possibilities in their life That's when their right. situation is that broken. Because I yep. think sometimes uh, we miss it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, in the Midst of all the operations that my mother was having in in, in the even into high school, um, I had a coach who came alongside and and affirmed my involvement. I had an English teacher who did the same thing, mm-hmm. and um, and those two people who later I discovered were Christians didn't yeah. know it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely <laughs> didn't know it at the time. But when I when they found out that I had ended up in seminary, it was like they contacted me and said, yeah. you know, and, and it was like, wow. I mean, yeah. you just it's it, the hand of God yes. uh, um, stepping into in effect was a was a was a bleed wound, um, really, really uh, powerful. Uh, and I think God does provide those opportunities if we'll keep our eyes out for them. And if the people in the church are willing to see and step into those opportunities mm-hmm. when they exist, because sometimes they're put out there on a plate for us, uh, and if we're sensitive to it, then we, then we can be of help and God can use us. Yeah, see, God can orchestrate those things and move people in ways that uh, they could be uh, – you know his hands and feet, and they're not even aware of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the great joy of those of us who are Christians who are eager to be used by God that we get to watch God use us. Mm-hmm. And it's a, you know it's a it's the best platform to worship and go. God, would you use me in such a way? And let me be attentive and willing and responsive to your leading to be that kind of ministry in someone's life. It's really cool. And those people literally can show up anywhere. They will never be filmed by Hollywood. That's right. Okay. (laughs) All right. They are the the silent majority that we're talking about earlier. Um, they, They are there. And you know, um, uh, this has been this has been fun um, to to work through these two movies. Uh, the two interesting films that I think uh, do raise some very interesting life questions. Show the value of art. Show the importance of family. Uh, really deal with some core ideas. And uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah. This has been uh, this has been a fun effort. I really yeah. appreciate your willingness to do this with us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. And we appreciate you joining us on the table where we discuss issues with God and culture and hope that you'll be back with us again soon. Thanks for listening to The Table Podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit dts.edu slash the table. Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth. Love well.
This episode was brought to you in part by Just These Guys, you know? A pastor and a psychologist team up to break down scripture and psychology, empowering you to transform by the renewing of your mind. Listen today at justtheseguys.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Just These Guys, you know?